gospel lesson for today comes from Matthew 12, verses 1 through 13. One Sabbath, Jesus was strolling with his disciples through a field of ripe grain. Hungry, the disciples were pulling off the heads of grain and munching on them. Some Pharisees reported to Jesus, Your disciples are breaking the Sabbath rules. Jesus said, Really? Didn't you ever read what David and his companions did when they were hungry? How they entered the sanctuary and ate fresh bread off the altar? Bread that no one but priests were allowed to eat? Didn't you ever read in God's law that priests carrying out their duties in the temple break Sabbath rules all the time and it's not held against them? There is far, far more at stake here than religion. If you had any idea what the scripture means, I prefer a flexible heart to an inflexible ritual, you wouldn't be nitpicking this. The Son of Man is no yes man to the Sabbath. He's in charge. When Jesus left the field, he entered their meeting place. There was a man there with a crippled hand. They said to Jesus, Is it legal to heal on the Sabbath? They were baiting him. Jesus replied, Is there a person here who, finding one of your lambs has fallen into a ravine, wouldn't, even though it's Sabbath, pull that lamb out? Surely kindness to people is as legal as kindness to animals. This is the word of Jesus for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sherry. The Reverend Sherry Brown. Yeah, we are so fortunate to have you in our congregation. Grace and peace to you, beloved. I am Amy Wilson Feltz. I am the pastor here at Morningstar, in case you haven't had a chance to meet me yet. Our word of the day is rest. So anyone of any age can play along. You can also play along if you're worshiping online. All you have to do is count how many times I say the word rest in the message after the prayer. Let's take a deep breath and let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jason and I just drove to Abilene, Texas and back recently with our three children. And as we prepared for this trip to see extended family members, many of you offered me kind words. You said things like, you deserve this break, and we hope you get some rest. We enjoyed... Parents know where I'm going with this already. We enjoyed a great trip. It was a great trip. I was able to see both of my parents and all of my siblings. We ate real, true, honest-to-goodness, mesquite-smoked Texas barbecue, which I really miss. We drove four-wheelers around the property, and I was able to hold my infant niece for the first time. It was a lovely break from our everyday surroundings and from our daily routine. But, Jenny, did I get rest? 
Today marks the fourth week of our interactive summer worship series, which we are calling Ten Keys, Unlocking Faith. This is why you might hear the sounds of children in the back, and that is a sound to be filled with gratitude to hear. We're so grateful to have children in our congregation. This Ten Keys, Unlocking Faith series gives us the opportunity, whether we are here on Sunday morning in the sanctuary or whenever you're worshiping online, to look at the words of Jesus as they connect with the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses by God. The fourth commandment, as found in the book of Exodus, tells us to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath. And keep it holy. Now we know that to be holy is to be set apart for a specific purpose. And the fourth commandment tells us that the Sabbath is something that should be set apart. Now these days we often think of Sabbath as a practice of religion. A day to worship God in community, whether in person or online. For many people who follow Jesus, that Sunday. And that's a great practice of spirituality. But Sabbath actually means rest. Sabbath means rest, and it is a command from God. It's a law, the fourth law. It's also the fourth key to unlocking our faith. Remember, a key is available each week for our kids. They are collecting all ten. If we have children worshiping on our online campus, we can get these keys to you if you would like them. The passage that we read from Matthew today takes place during the teaching and preaching and ministry of Jesus. He and his followers have been working really hard. They're traveling all over the towns of Galilee, sharing the good news of God in real and tangible ways. And at this point, they are hungry. So hungry, in fact, that they help themselves to some grain and break the law in doing so. Now, the problem is not theft. The problem is is that any work is prohibited on the Sabbath, any extension of physical energy, even harvesting, even preparing a meal. The religious leaders of the day were quick to call Jesus out for the action of his followers, and that's when Jesus begins to teach them about the true meaning of Sabbath. He basically tells the leaders that religious practice is designed to bring us closer to God and closer to each other. Not simply rules to be followed at the cost of our health and the health of others. In other words, Jesus reclaims the meaning of Sabbath as rest, and he locates it in the practice of God in creation. Now, this is really important because it reveals that Jesus understands the human struggle with rest. And we do struggle with rest, especially in our 21st century American culture. We don't rest enough. We don't sleep enough. We don't take enough deep breaths as often as we need to. We don't drink enough water. And we're suffering for it mentally, physically, emotionally, and religiously because we have totally disconnected rest from our practice of faith. That's why Jesus in this passage points us back to the beginning, to Genesis chapter 2 and the story of God's creation of the universe. So many of us know this story by heart. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Our holy text describes the rhythm of this work in days. On the first day, God created light. On the second, 
the sky, then land and trees and stars and animals, including human beings. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, the story goes. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work. So on the seventh day, God decided to rest. But God didn't stop there. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because God chose to rest from the work. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, set apart. Beloved, on the seventh day, God created rest. And with the fourth commandment, God gives us that rest freely. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Why? Not because we need one more rule to follow, but because we need rest. We need rest so much that our Creator set aside the time for us. What a gift. An important key to the well-being, not just of our bodies, but of our souls. And the two go hand in hand, quite literally. That's what we see in the rest of our passage for today. Jesus already made the case that tending to the needs of our bodies can be part of our Sabbath. In the next scene, Jesus encounters a man who is unable to use his hand. Healing, the religious leaders say, is also work not to be done on the Sabbath. But Jesus ignores them, defies them, asks the man to reach out his hand, and heals the man. And the religious leaders become so angry that they storm off, plotting to ruin Jesus. He broken the law in their eyes. And that kind of rebellion can be contagious. But they had missed the point completely. Jesus had already set the context of these exchanges about the Sabbath in the teaching that preceded them. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says in Matthew chapter 11, just one chapter before our passage for today. I will give you rest for your souls. And in defending the right of the disciples to harvest grain and in healing the man who was suffering both on the Sabbath, Jesus shows us that tending to the needs of our bodies brings us rest for our souls. Sabbath is the gift of rest for body and soul, and it's so important that God gave us the time to do it. Perhaps because God knew that we would struggle with taking the time for ourselves. Jesus encountered this. That's why he said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened already. All of you who have neglected your Sabbath, are denying the needs of your body, are neglecting the needs of your soul. And I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I wonder, beloved, in light of our overly crowded schedules and our jam-packed days and the ever-growing, ever-present needs of our world, if the best thing we can do is to give rest to each other. We're not good at claiming rest for ourselves. We already know that. We can consider rest so easily to be something that is selfish, that is weak, that is a luxury of time we cannot afford. But we are often more gracious with others than we are with ourselves. So what if we gave each other back this gift of rest? In the Spirit of God who actually created rest, 
for us in the first place. On this Father's Day, the children of the church will in just a moment be creating the gift of rest for their dads or granddads or uncles or big brothers or mentors. I have in my hand a sock, and it is filled with rice. So kids, you're welcome to meet Miss Angie at the other table in the back so that you can fill the rice in the sock. And these rice pillows can go in the microwave for one minute and be placed on tired necks or aching backs or stiff necks for for relief and relaxation. Now these gifts are available for the kids to make now, but if you adults want to make them too, you can just go back. No no worries. There's plenty of there are plenty of supplies. They represent God's gift of rest, these rice pillows, and they serve as a reminder of what it means to keep the Sabbath holy. So the children are going to begin their activity. You can join them if you want, but for everyone else, I have a question for you. Let's talk about this together. How could you give others the gift of rest? And we can break this down a bit. Who in your life needs rest? And how could you help them honor that time? What gift could you give them? to help them do such a thing. So we're literally going to take some time to talk to each other. You are part of the sermon. This is the interactive piece today. And and talk together about how you can give others rest. We're going to take three minutes to do, to do that now while Diane plays some music for us. How can you give others the gift of rest? Talk to each other. It's okay. We'd love to hear from you on our online campus as well. How do you give others the gift of rest? Put it in the comments for us.
As the children continue to work, let us share together as a group, and maybe our friends on our online campus will share some things as well. How can you give others the gift of rest? What do you have for me? Just shout it out. Yes. Have it. Take on the things that they're using for the reasons that they can't rest. Excellent work. Yeah, what else? That's a good one. Say it again. Give them alone time and whatever it takes to give them that, right? That some people require more help with that than others. Yes, Debbie. Quiet. Yeah, be quiet. What else? Yes, you give Steve the cats every afternoon so he can rest. That's great. What else? Downtime. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is that Ellen behind the mask there? Okay, uh, so Ellen is saying that it's really easy for her to go to the grocery store after church and to get the groceries, but that is affecting her ability to rest on her day of worship, which is when she wants to do that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It affects employees' ability to rest as well. Perhaps they practice Sabbath on a different day. We hope that, right? Um, Natalie, did you have something? Yeah. Take a break. Yes. That's very good. Um, So giving people the time that they need. And sometimes it takes more uh, cooperation and collaboration than others. For my birthday, Jason gave me a gift card so that I could go get a pedicure, which is really nice, a gift in and of itself. But then he went the step further to make the appointment for me because he knew I wasn't going to take the time to do it. And he said, you're never going to use this gift card if I don't make the appointment. So there are things that we can do to help each other rest. And you know that we're getting to the point here. And it's a pretty simple point. Scripture tells us that we are the body of Christ. We are all parts of one body, and rest for the part of the body that needs it most makes the rest of the body healthy as well. And that is good for our souls. So the connection between our bodies and our souls is one reason that our sacraments involve our body. We have two sacraments in the United Methodist Church, and so the first is Holy Communion. The first in no particular order. It's Holy Communion. And when we touch and we taste the elements, the the wafer or the bread and the juice or the wine, we are acknowledging our need for nourishment, just like Jesus' followers in the fields when they took the heads of grains and began munching because they were hungry. And baptism is a similar thing. Um, We were prepared for our baptism today, but I do not see the people who requested the baptism here, but that's okay because we can remember our baptism as well. And when we are cleansed by these waters, we recognize our need for salvation, for wholeness, for healing, just like the man who extended his hand. And Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. Now, I am not one to pass up the opportunity to baptize when we have everything ready. So if you feel God 
calling you online as well. If you feel God calling you today, you have not been baptized and you want to claim your identity as a child of God in a new way, we are ready for that. You can come up at any time if you want to think about it. You can also talk to me about it after the service. But these sacraments, they remind us that our bodies are important for this work of faith as well. And when we are baptized, we promise to reject evil, to accept the freedom and power that God gives us, and to follow Jesus all of our days. And we, we become members of the church, and we offer our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And anytime anyone does that, all of you and the congregation promise to support those people in that sacrament and in this life. As well, And every time someone is baptized, the body of Christ grows stronger because we add additional members. And we are here to help each other learn to grow and to rest in body and in soul. So the greater connection we make between the needs of our bodies and our souls, the more satisfying that rest becomes. This kind of Sabbath rest can make a road trip with three kids halfway across the state of Texas not just manageable but enjoyable, refreshing, and rejuvenating. Yes, I was tired from the travel, but the break from the working routine and the hugs from my family and the memories that my children were able to make with their cousins gave me rest inside and out. This is the gift, beloved, the gift that God calls us to re-gift to each other the gift of rest. And the more we connect our need for rest in both body and soul, the easier it becomes for us to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, We thank you for the gift of life, for the gift of grace, for the gift of your sacraments, which invite us to experience that grace in beautiful and live ways. We thank you for the use of our bodies in the sacrament, for the recognition that our need for nourishment points us to you and to the community, that our need for healing points us to you in our community. We offer ourselves once again to rest and to help each other rest. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, amen.